Hello, this is Catherine, and welcome to another day of random stuff. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everyone. I had a really nice time this weekend. I was able to have a fish fry dinner with my partner on Friday at the Avenue Pub. Then, on Saturday, I was able to see the, the St. Patrick's Day Parade. It was a nice parade. It lasted about two hours. But it was really cold with the wind. Then, I went to Girls' Night Out. It was just a small gathering of us, but it was still nice. And then, today, after church, my partner took me out again to the pub, and we had a nice luncheon. It consisted of more corned beef and cabbage as, as sliders for the corned beef, and potato salad. That was the first time that in a while I've been able, I've had two drinks each day for three days in a row. And I'm probably not going to have any more drinks until the middle of April when Girls Night Out comes around again. I feel sorry for the families of the people in the that were in the plane crashes in Ethiopia and in other airlines. They did say that there are some similarities between the two crashes. That the system was set to think that it was going to stall so it kept trying to counteract anything that the pilot was doing and keep the nose down so it doesn't stall. Even though there was a no danger, it was a no danger of stalling. Now, it's time for Pastor Bray Adams to give this week's sermon. Enjoy. Did anybody else just hear that and start thinking about the fox and the hen from Aesop's Fables? <laughs> because I was thinking about that when I read this scripture for this morning. You know, Aesop's Fables are classic children's stories, and the stories use animals as their subjects, and they're supposed to teach moral truths. Remember the story of the tortoise and the hare? That's an that's a Aesop fable, and the country mouse and the city mouse, and the snail and the wolf and the crane, you know, all those things. Aesop's animals teach children's 
children truth about life. Believe it or not, in the 13th chapter of Luke, Jesus uses two animals as metaphors to teach us a moral truth, a fox and a hen. Our story begins with Herod trying to drive Jesus from his territory through threats and intimidation. And the Pharisees, for some unknown reason, you know, politics makes strange bedfellows, come to Jesus and tell him that Herod is out to kill him. Maybe Herod thought Jesus was John the Baptist, come back from the grave to haunt him down. Hearing of Herod's intimidation, Jesus calls him a fox, and I don't think he means he's cute. So what do we know about foxes? A fox is known to be sly and crafty and cunning, and Herod was sly and cunning in his ethical and political life. Behind the public facade of concern, he acted with evil and deceitful intent. His pretense of religious sensitivity was betrayed by his bankrupt morals. As a predator, he fed off the lives of the oppressed people that he ruled. Hmm, any of this sounding familiar yet? He used his power to threat and to subjugate. But Herod was really a petty fox, afraid of those who publicly raised questions about his actions, who opposed his self-serving ambitions. You know, he tweets about it endlessly. In his political life, Herod was a sly old fox, though. As a ruler of the Sea of Galilee, his cunning was displayed and how he tried to fend, to fend off offending the sensibility of the Jews, while at the same time we see his true colors, because he builds the town of Tiberias on the site of a graveyard, which Jews consider unclean. And he declares emergencies to build symbolic walls to keep out immigrants, whether legal or illegal, and taking their children when they step across some imaginary line, regardless of whether they're seeking work or refuge from terror. He incites dangerous rhetoric, controlling everything he can to get his message out. The lion, not the fox, is the king of beasts, you know. There's an old Roman proverb that says, Today, when people are at home, they think of themselves as lions. But in public, they're just foxes. In public, Herod is a fox. He says the first thing on his mind, and he doesn't care who's in his way. He doesn't do his own dirty work, but he sends others into such fear and rage that they handle the bloody parts themselves with AR-15s in synagogues and churches and mosques. Wait, was that Herod? And to Jesus, Herod is more of a fox than a lion. Jesus publicly defies the lion's intimidating th death threats with the message that he won't cower before the fox's gleaming sharp teeth, but will continue on his mission of casting out the evil forces and offering healing to the sick. You see, Jesus' real threat isn't in Rome, but in Jerusalem, where they wring the necks of prophets. To Jesus, Herod is a sly, insignificant little fox. No one to fear. Maybe you've seen the sly fox prowling around the hen house. You might have caught a glimpse of the fox in sly ways of certain political leaders who howl about freedom or concern about the poor but conceal their real intents and pull this wool over the people's eyes with cunning words. Or maybe you've seen that sly old fox instructing the roosters of the church with a big C who try to maintain their power and manipulate the system to make everything go their way, ignoring and hiding the perpetrators of even the most heinous crimes, regardless of the damage in their wake and their inability to see their own hypocrisy. 
You see, the world of the fox is cruel and cold and calculated and compassionless. In order to escape the teeth of this cunning predator, we need to name the fox as Jesus did and seek a place of refuge from his cruel and cunning ways. So where do you go for protection against the fox? Jerusalem was once a safe coop, a heaven, a haven from the enemies of God's people, just as America, or as I'm calling it today, New Jerusalem was. But sadly, to many of the prophets then as now, New Jerusalem, like the old, has become a symbol of people who might deserve God's wrath after all. Their social order is unjust. The city itself has become a carnivorous animal feeding on the weak. The prophets who come to Jerusalem with the message of God's reign are chewed up and spit out, threatened with chants of lock them up in the rhetoric of us versus them. Even children asking for laws that their lives might be saved are ignored. Some of them are threatened with beatings or worse. There's a pattern of people rejecting and deliberating and emancipating word of God that comes through in the voices of the prophets. So Jesus, who was bringing the message of liberation and the dawning of the reign of God, lamented over the city of Jerusalem. We hear Jesus cry out, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood? but you would not. Hmm. A hen. Jesus as a hen. Now, I don't know about you, but I would much prefer a feisty rooster. And you guys all know I'm afraid of birds, so. But I want the feisty rooster, right? Because a rooster doesn't take anything from anybody. Just go into a hen house and try to take some eggs when a rooster's around. Anybody tried? Yeah, you're going to have a talent or two in places you don't want to know about. And a rooster won't make, wait for you to make the first move either because roosters know about a preemptive first strike. And they knew it long before our political leaders knew. Besides, the rooster has those sharp spikes on the back of his feet and he can defend himself and his clock and his flock like Herod, the fox. Like Jerusalem, that ancient military stronghold. Like the United States. A superpower with egg crates full of weapons of mass destruction just waiting to hatch. Jesus, don't you mean you're a rooster who defends his territory like a wild west cowboy with spurs on his heel? Surely you're not a hen. In contrast to the fox, though, Jesus offers himself to the people of Jerusalem as a mother hen. Now, I'm fully aware that that might be hard hard for some of us to imagine. Jesus, with his beard and all that let alone a hen? This story is beginning to sound more like Alice in Wonderland than the Aesop fable. But in a study entitled Jesus as Mother, Carolyn Bynum shows how many 12th century monks and nuns spoke of Jesus as our mother. It was a way that they sought to communicate the intimacy, compassion, and comfort of Christ as well as the maternal roles and responsibilities of leaders within the Christian community. And Jesus describes his own ministry of salvation, compassion, and protection like that of a mother hen. Jesus knew God to be like a mother hen who gathers her children under her warm wings. Is it possible she remembered the psalmist's words? Take pity on me, God, take pity on me. In you, my soul, take shelter. I take shelter in the shadow of your wings. Maybe Jesus was remembering how Boaz said to Ruth, about caring for Naomi. 
May the Lord repay you for what you have done and a full reward be given to you by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. In harmony with God's motherly purposes for protection and care and salvation, Jesus is telling us that he is like a mother hen who seeks to gather his people into a redeemed community under the compassionate wings of God. But then how sad is it to hear Jesus' lament? But you would not. Beloved, I want to ask you today, will we gather under God's motherly wings? God seeks to gather us under her protective wings as a mother hen protects her chicks. When it seems that the destructive forces of our lives circle over our heads or when our enemy, the fox, tries to prey upon us, God wants to gather us under her wings when we grieve, when we're anxious, or when we need the warmth of God's accepting presence. We have a choice today, just as the people of Jerusalem had a choice, but they chose death. Will we choose life? Will we allow God to spread her wings over us? Or will we return to the fox who claims we'll only be secure through power, violence, and control? I got to tell you, my friends, gathering under God's wings is a vulnerable place to be. You can't strike back. But even so, not striking back doesn't mean you're a chicken. See what I did there? Anyway, it does mean that you don't rely on the power and weapons of this world to protect you. There once was a Nigerian boy named Olu who had a pet white chicken. They became great friends and inseparable companions. One day the hen disappeared and Olu cried and cried. But then after three weeks, the white hen returned to the compound with seven beautiful white chicks. The Nigerian boy was overjoyed, and the mother took very good care of her chicks. One day, late in the dry season, the older boys set a ring of fire to the bush area outside the village. Everyone stood outside the ring as the fire burned towards the center, and the purpose was to drive out little animals like rabbits and antelopes out of the circle so that they could be hunted, claimed as prey. But when the slaughter and the fire were over, Olu and his friends walked through the smoldering embers. The boy noticed a heap of charred feathers and smelled burned flesh. It looked like the remains of a bird that had not escaped the fire. And then Olu realized in horror it was his beloved friend, the white hen, all black and burned to death. But then came the sound of chicks. The mother hen had covered them with her body and they were still alive and well. The mother had given her life for her children. She died that they might live. Let the little chicks here who have ears to hear, hear what the mother hen says to her brood. May our mothering God, whose grace is granted to us through no works of our own, be with us and sustain us throughout the fire through the violence and the greed, through the troubles of this life, whatever they might be. And may we accept that grace brings hope in the darkest hour, now and forever. Amen. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed it. You can find me on Facebook at Kathy McIntyre. You can find my show at anchor.fm slash 
Kathy Dash McIntyre. You can find me on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Search for Catherine's Random Stuff. And you can contact me at KathyMC32575 at gmail.com. And I'll talk to you next week.